Charles Lou Santini here, host of Amateur Nation. My dry bar comedy special, Amateur Nation, is now available. And just like this show, if you're allergic to a lack of common sense in today's world, and you like your comedy delivered with uncompromising, tell it like it is bite, then check out my half-hour comedy special, Amateur Nation. Go to drybarcomedy.com slash Lou S. This is my way of saying thank you to the pros who listen to this show every week. Drybarcomedy.com slash Lou S. Amateur Nation is not just a podcast, it's a movement. The honor and remember flag is a nationally recognized symbol that sends a message of appreciation for the sacrifice made by our fallen heroes and their families. The flag flies at many NASCAR races around the country, and you can help honor our nation's fallen military members and remember the eternal sacrifice of their service by flying the flag too. Text FLAG to 71777 or visit honorandremember.org to learn more. Together, we remember them all. podcast you are about to hear is often based on true events and people. It chronicles the dialogue and actions of random, anonymous, obnoxious, self-entitled, unintelligent, self-centered idiots, attention whores, ignoramuses, dolts, clods, nimrods, douches, weirdos, drama queens, overly sensitive crybabies, and people who think they are better, more important, and special than the rest of us. In one word, amateurs. It's Amateur Nation with Lou Santini. We call attention to and call out the amateurs, the people who are doing life wrong, the speed bumps of life, the people that are in your way every day, the unintelligent, obnoxious, attention-whoring, self-entitled drama queen victim types who chip away at the moments of your life due to no self-awareness, common sense, manners, or social skills and are disturbing the flow of the pros. Hi, Mom. Oh, hey, Lou. Amateur Nation. It's not just a podcast. It's a movement. And this is episode 244. MAGA, please. On today's episode, the Constitution is a nice suggestion. This week in COVID crap, and this week in, dude, come on, seriously, and healthy sarcastic indulgences on a la carte, and moments of hope on three pro things. Shouts out to Pro Nation first. Shouts out to Bailey Cosden, Cole Young, Matthew Gossman, Punk Rock Pop, Sefan Unaki, Jason Kyer, Man and Manifestation, Frank Graves, Timothy Huffman, Alasana.997, and James Henna on Instagram. Shouts out also to Rob Eckel50 and Kurt King and BD Phillips on Truth Social. Find me on both at Lou.Santini3 and at Lou Santini, respectively. And a special shout out to Bill Pugue of Eurexville, Ohio, who messaged me with this. A co-worker got me hooked on your podcast on Spotify over the past three days. I have binge listened to your podcast at work. I'm grateful that you bring what's going on in today's society to light and putting the amateurs on the spot. I love your quote, people often worry about the world we are leaving for our children when we should be worried about the children we're leaving for our planet. Your post of the week. In line with one of last week's pro things, that is when I listed 10 reasons why keeping cash alive is important, this post from Christine Tina on Facebook. Using cash is like telling the government what you buy 
is none of their fucking business. And now an addendum to my comments from an episode two weeks ago entitled Fuck Bill Gates and his power-mad surge to control all food and the population. It's never a bad thing to live longer, as long as you're relatively pain-free and have a reasonably good quality of life. I'm sick of hearing about population control and people with this stupid sentiment. The problem is people are living longer and it's diminishing our resources. That is totally incorrect. The problem is the quality of life for people as they get older and how they are treated. And the running out of resources is a fake emergency created by the greed of the elite who control the banks, communication, transportation, and the pharmaceutical industry. Now, I'm not saying that people shouldn't be responsible for their own lives and their own health, but don't claim to help people live longer through modern medicine, and then, when they get too old to be productive to your new world order, kill them off. The way it should be is, as you get older, you should have less to worry about. Things like taxes, medical bills, and social security. This is not a world population problem. This is a people who want everything for themselves problem. Here's what's happening in Amateur Nation. Push the button. Step one. Topic number Topic one. Topic number one. Did you know shall not be infringed means go ahead and infringe sometimes in New Mexico. From the Daily Wire, but of course found everywhere, New Mexico Democrat Governor Michelle Grisham banned people from being able to carry guns in Albuquerque and the surrounding county for at least the next 30 days after a kid was killed during a road rage incident. Why isn't she banning drinking and cars for the next 30 days after one person is killed in a road rage incident? And yes, that is absolutely an apt comparison. So she's going to put the entire state on timeout? Also, why isn't anyone asking her, why 30 days? Why not a week? Six months? What makes her think 30 days of this abhorrent disregard for the Constitution will accomplish anything? Make no mistake, this is a test to see what America will tolerate. One child tragically dies, so we all have to be defenseless? This is like when you were in grade school. One kid acts up and the teacher tells everyone to put their heads down. The article says Grisham signed an executive order declaring that gun violence was a public health emergency. Wrong! That's wrong! Yeah, just because you label something under the umbrella of public health doesn't mean it's related to the public's health. Here's an idea. Since any kind of violence is actually a matter of public safety and not health, why not allow the police to do their jobs? Why not give them more leeway in catching criminals? Why not give them more resources and supplies, manpower, and paid overtime to clean up the city? Why not demand judges enforce the rule of law more strictly? Answer, because that's not commie and fascist enough. That's not what the Soros-funded corrupt government officials are getting paid to do. As Nashville Tea Party perfectly stated on Instagram, when a politician says, we have got to do something, it means they don't have a clue what to do and your life and liberty are in grave danger. The article says Grisham effectively admitted that her order might be unconstitutional when she conceded that she might not win legal challenges filed against the order. 
She said, now I am sure as I go through the rest of this, there will be a lot of questions about whether or not we think we have the legal right to do that. I am sure that before you write this, there will be a legal challenge. And I can't tell you that we win it given all of the different challenges to gun violence laws and restrictions on individual firearm access and control. Again, make no mistake, this is a litmus test to see what America will tolerate. Listen carefully. She said, no constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. There are restrictions on free speech. There are restrictions on my freedoms. She said her decision to declare an emergency gives her additional powers. I will need to see those powers in writing. And it's not the fact that there is an emergency, which there is not. One tragic death does not a statewide or citywide or countywide emergency make. According to her, her mere decision to declare an emergency is what gives her additional powers. The decision, her impulse, is what makes her have additional powers. There's nothing in writing about that. She's taking it upon herself to decide what is an emergency. And that's why this is a test to see what Americans will tolerate when the Second Amendment is ignored and violated. But you know what? I'm glad you said that, Governor. Well then, from now on, when we as American citizens see that democratically elected officials that work for us abuse their office and supersede their powers and the Constitution whenever they see fit, I, Lou Santini, hereby declare that we, the people, have the right to storm the castle and physically yank them out of their office chairs, fire them, and arrest them on the spot for crimes against the Constitution and the American people. Hey, I deem this and other government officials abuse of their offices and power as emergencies. And thus, my ruling, because it's my decision. What? Because you're in office, you get to make the rules? The second you abuse your limited power, especially when it goes against the United States Constitution, you have automatically forfeited your power and thusly are deemed an enemy of the people of the United States. Here's the best part. The sheriff's department said they won't even enforce it. And the new Mexico attorney general won't defend the governor in court. But if the people in New Mexico do not protest, do not take legal action against the governor personally, then this shit will happen again. The Constitution, both United States and all the state's constitutions are not. These are the laws unless and except for you want to amend the Constitution Introduce a bill with logical common sense points that are then voted upon legally and above board. Until then... Don't want to hear it! And now this. And now for step two. Topic number two. Prepare to get fired up. It's time for This Week in COVID Crap. You can't possibly be still thinking this money we've been sending to Ukraine is about protecting them against Russia, can you? Of course you can't, because you, listening to this podcast, are probably a pro. So first, let's not just talk about the money we've carelessly and frivolously sent there, but note the timeline. Listen carefully, and feel free to get out a pen and paper and write this down. I'll go slowly, okay? 
The United States, well, actually, President Coloring Book has given Ukraine 88 billion, 55 million dollars. What the hell is going on? Here's the part I really don't get. That is, the odd amounts and the erratic payment schedule. Here we go. It started off with $500 million on February 20th. $10 billion just three days later. Think about that. And I'm just getting started. $500 million, and then three days later, which is weird enough, but three days later, not another $500 million, but $10 billion. And then the very next day, $2 billion. The very next day on February 24th. A little time passes, and then $400 million on March 3rd. A week later, $350 million. April 4th, $2.6 billion. Kind of an arbitrary number, right? 15 days later, $325 million. May 8th, $1.2 billion. May 18th, $3 billion. The next day... Just 40 million. That one freaks me out. 40 million dollars. And of course, that's a lot of money. But we were talking billions there for a while. And again, we've been hearing such huge numbers about inflation and money rescinded to Ukraine. We've become desensitized to it. A billion, uh, dude. Okay? So we've been given billions of dollars up to this point. And then all of a sudden, we just throw them 40 million? That doesn't sound like a payoff. I don't know what does. So now, May 31st, $300 million. June 9th, $2.1 billion. Four days later, another $325 million. Three days after that, $205 million. Four days after that, $6.2 billion. But then six days later, $500 million. June 7th, $800 million. June 18th, $1.3 billion. Three days later, $400 million. August 13th, 13 billion, 13 billion in one payment. Two days later, apparently that 13 billion and all the money they had sent up to that point, that got spent. So another 200 million. August 29th, 250 million. September 5th, 125 million. That must have gotten lost in the sofa cushion. So the very next day, a billion. And the next day after that, another 600 million. $88 $88 billion, $55 million. I don't know what the heck's going on here, but someone needs to get their asses kicked. And as of September 14th, Zelensky in Ukraine plans to visit Washington while Congress debates on whether to give $21 billion more to Ukraine, totaling $109 billion, $55 million. It's so dumb. So dumb, it's brilliant. No! It's just dumb! Do you know how much good almost $90 billion would do for America? Jobs, infrastructure, healthcare, education, crime prevention, new prisons built, taking good care of our veterans. America has approximately 333 million people. If we just did nothing but took that money back and gave it to Americans, 
that would be about $265 a piece. Now, I realize that's a far cry from making a dent in America's bank accounts now, but considering how we've had our asses kicked over the last three years with inflation, businesses being shut down, and the fact that the average American is getting bent over to the tune of nearly $5,000 more a year thanks to inflation... Had the pandemic not been forced upon America, we could just be getting a nice bonus check for $265 and be living life the way it was when real President Trump was in office and life was less expensive. Our rights weren't being infringed upon on a daily basis. Crime wasn't at epidemic proportions. No mentions of masks and untested gene experiments. Our borders were more secure. Fentanyl wasn't running rampant. No deaths and side effects from big pharma poison. We had cheap gas and no needless wars. Why these odd amounts of money given to Ukraine? Why payments sometimes seven, three, or even one day apart? And that's just for 2023 so far. And I know this segment was called This Week in COVID Crap. I'm getting there. Speaking of Ukraine, next up, here's Tucker Carlson interviewing RFK Jr. I do wish his voice was more clear, but that's just how RFK sounds. I promise I'll recap after he's done speaking. Here's Tucker Carlson asking RFK Jr., why do we have biolabs in Ukraine? And again, I will summarize it once he's done speaking. Here we go. But the fact remains there are U.S. biolabs in Ukraine. Why would we have biolabs in Ukraine? It's because we're developing bioweapons. And those bioweapons are using all kinds of new synthetic biology, CRISPR technology, and genetic engineering techniques that were not available to previous generations. And they can make frightening, frightening stuff. When the Patriot Act reopened bioweapons armories in 2001, the Pentagon began putting a lot of money into bioweapons, but they were nervous at that time because if you violate the Geneva Convention, it's a hanging offense. And they weren't sure that that provision of the Patriot Act would actually hold up as a loophole. So they transferred the authority for biosecurity to one agency, the National Institute for Infectious and Allergic Diseases, run by Anthony Fauci. So Anthony Fauci got all the responsibility for bioweapons development. He got, at that time, a 68% raise from the Pentagon in order to do that work. He was the highest paid official in the American government of $450,000 a year than the president. Now, when you do bioweapons development, every bioweapon needs a vaccine. So you need to vaccinate your team before you deploy it. So those two things are developed through a field of science called GAN function, where you take an infectious microbe and you amplify its infectivity. Now, where you make it jump species, so it may kill monkeys, now you make it kill humans. And then you make it immune to antibiotics and to therapeutic drugs. There's 36,000 what are called life scientists, but they're actually death scientists, who are now employed full-time in developing microbes that can be used to kill people. So, in a nutshell, the United States wanted to get into the bioweapons game, but were worried about violating the Geneva Convention and getting hanged. So authority was transferred to a different new agency. Enter Dr. Keebler L. Fauci Mengele as he took on the responsibility and a $450,000 a year paycheck. So now the bioweapons need vaccines, hence gain of function, that is, making infections jump species and using it to kill people. If that's not pure evil, evil in its most sinister form, I don't know what is. In other COVID crap news, 
Remember during the pandemic when the ludicrous, well, the bat did it, blame game lasted almost a whole week? Well, a CIA whistleblower has revealed that six analysts in the CIA were paid significant financial incentives to suppress COVID origins. Leave a review about this show wherever you listen. You'll get a few bonus teasers throughout the week and a sneak peek Thursday trailer every week when you follow me on Instagram, Truth Social, Facebook, and or YouTube. See and read more about me at my main website. You can get all my social media contacts right there, lusantini.com. A la carte and three pro things a little later. And this weekend, dude, come on, seriously, on topic number three, next. The Honor and Remember flag is a nationally recognized symbol that sends a message of appreciation for the sacrifice made by our fallen heroes and their families. The flag flies at many NASCAR races around the country, and you can help honor our nation's fallen military members and remember the eternal sacrifice of their service by flying the flag too. Text FLAG to 71777 or... Visit honorandremember.org to learn more. Together, we remember them all. There's been an odd shift in human behavior over the last 15 plus years. A sense of entitlement. A constant need for attention. Ironically coupled with the need to be left alone. A desire to be treated the same as everyone else. Stupidly combined with the mindset of, I'm special, so treat me accordingly. Introducing the book, Amateur Nation. The Decline of Common Sense Manners and Social Skills. The second edition. Inside, you'll read The Amateur Mission Statement. The 30 Truths About Amateurs. The Four Stages of Being an Amateur. Amateur habitats and history. Social media plus me, me, me equals amateur. Technology and amateur behavior. With dozens of real funny photos, weird signs, and laugh out loud real life accounts and actual conversations vividly showing how us pros are surrounded by amateur nation every day. Download the expanded second edition of the ebook Amateur Nation, The Decline of Common Sense Manners and Social Skills. The second expanded edition, available now. Be a pro. Go to Amazon. Type Amateur Nation. Still, there's more. All right, now step three. Topic number three. Hit me! It's time for... This week in... Dude, come on, seriously? Here comes an audio clip of a press conference wrapping up with diversity hire Karine Jean-Pierre. Well, she's wrapping up. Even though the press wasn't done with her. The sound you'll hear is her fleeing the podium. Literally. Take it away. And with that, folks, explain why the president interacted with so many of his son's Ford business associates. More than half of voters told CNN they believed the president was involved and he lied. You can't have a response to that, Korean. Know this. Her stomach is destroyed. And she hasn't looked in a mirror since she took this position. Count on it. Turns out Oprah is fire retardant. This from Sean Hammonds on Instagram. Did you know Oprah Winfrey has been securing Maui land like it's a trending bestseller? In just 2023, she invested in a vast 520-acre plot for $3.89 million, then went for another 330 acres at $2.47 million, not to mention the two 10-acre patches she bought in 2022 for $100,000 each. From a mere 100 acres in Maui, Oprah now commands over 1,000 acres. But here's the twist. Amidst this real estate surge, a sudden fire 
happens, destroying homes nearby, but leaving her vast terrains unscathed. Does that ring a bell? Think back to 2017. A deadly fire consumed homes near her Montecito mansion, yet once again, Oprah's property emerged untouched. And after that event, she expanded her Montecito land holdings to a whopping 70 acres, even snapping up a four-acre complex in 2019, which was decimated by mudslides shortly after the 2017 fire. The connections, the acquisitions, and the timing are definitely food for thought. California has labeled August as Trans History Month. You know, to honor all the trans pioneers over the centuries who helped make this country great. Well, we're waiting. For those keeping track at home, that's one day a year for moms, same for dads, one for America's veterans, but 180 days out of the calendar year total to celebrate E-wins. Remember E-wins? Everyone who is not straight, so you don't have to say LGBTQ. Only half the year for this unrepresented group. Best for last. Listen to this audio of a woman, a married woman, who, in true amateur, attention-starved fashion, posts a TikTok video announcing that she recently came out as gay to her husband. In her words, soon-to-be ex, and is leaving him. Surprise, motherfucker. But that's the kicker. Hubby also appears on camera and tells the world he is proud of her. And it's the bravest thing he's ever seen anyone do. Time to change those pronouns, Hubby. Now, you might not be able to hear this dickless wonder in the background because of the flowery music, but here you go. This year I came out as gay to my husband, soon to be ex, and he had the sweetest and most amazing reaction. And this is what he said. What did you say? I said that I was so proud of you. And now it's time to play which scenario is it? Is it A, a dude? How gay are you? Is it B, he's been cheating on her this whole time and he just saved a shitload on divorce? Or C, he's been looking for a way out, now he doesn't even have to cheat? Or is it D, he's supportive because he's a typical spineless, weak millennial wuss and not a man? Like a fucking amateur. Fine, lady. Go be gay. I can appreciate you telling him the truth, but you just now know that you're gay? Oh, I forgot about your journey. Yeah, take that trip before you involve another person for life. I know, he's a great guy. Go get him, ladies. And dude, don't shit on my cupcake and call it frosting by saying you're happy for her and proud of her and that she's brave. Fuck you both. You're both idiots. Because you're amateurs. a little bit full from all the topics and you have room for just a few more light bites. Here comes a la carte. Nike has permanently closed their factory in Portland defund the police Oregon over theft and safety issues. Looks like the criminals just did it. Amateur Nation, next time we vote, that is, if we get to vote, do you really want to support the party that is doing everything it can to make it okay to have sex with children? Comic writer Alan Moore is going to donate his DC movie royalties to Black Lives Matter. Oh, so he's throwing away his money. 
Clearly, he's done zero homework on their financial and social justice track records. Because he's an idiot, that's why. Remember when Nancy Pelosi went to prison for insider trading? Oh, wait, that was Martha Stewart. Amateurs complain about plastic straws not being biodegradable, yet don't have a problem with the earth-annihilating destruction that is mining for EV batteries and then spewing toxic crud into landfills once they're useless. Know what was missing in the movie's outbreak and contagion? Masks. And luckily, I can always find three things that are done right in this world. Three pro things. Number one. Remember when tennis star Novak Djokovic got kicked out of the U.S. Open last year for not getting the untested gene experiment? Well, by now you've heard that he recently won the most recent U.S. Open. Talk about mental toughness. But here's the best part. Listen to this audio. Listen to the words and the unintentional irony following the sports announcer's recap of Djokovic's aptly titled Shot of the Day. Again, listen to the very end. Take you to the, the dirtiest shot of the day, and it was saving the match point. point. Oh, the match. match point to get to number 24. There were a lot of shots that were highly impactful. Here's the final one. Number two. This pro thing brought to my attention by Alert Pro Eric Cantor of Akron, Ohio. He sent me this article from Anthropocene Magazine and this eye-opening title, New Biodegradable Recyclable Battery is Made of Crab Shells. A new battery made from crab shells and zinc promises to be fully biodegradable and recyclable. The safe, eco-friendly battery can be recharged at least 1,000 times. The article says mining battery metals harms the environment. Plus, it is not easy or economical to recycle lithium batteries at the end of their lives, so most of the 15 million metric tons of discarded batteries the world is expected to produce by 2030 will likely end up in landfills. Researchers at the University of Maryland and University of Houston wanted to make a more sustainable battery. They started with zinc metal battery chemistry, which scientists have been developing for grid storage for several years. Zinc is much more abundant than lithium in the Earth's crust, so zinc ion batteries are cheaper. But traditional batteries, made of zinc anodes, metal oxide cathodes, and water-based electrolytes, suffer from uneven deposition of zinc on the electrode surface, which makes them unsafe and short-lived. So, the researchers made a new biodegradable gel electrolyte from chitosan, a compound derived from chitin, the protein that makes up the tough shells of crustaceans such as crabs, lobsters, and shrimps. Chitin is usually thrown away as a byproduct of the food industry. By combining chitin and zinc, 
they made a strong gel membrane that served as the electrolyte for the battery. They used zinc for the anode as usual, but replaced the conventional cathode with one made of biodegradable organic material. The battery, reported in the journal Matter, maintained an efficiency of 99.7%, over 1,000 cycles when operating at a high current density. Two-thirds of the battery is biodegradable, making it very environmentally friendly. Both the Kaidosan electrolyte and cathode material biodegrade in soil in a few months, and the zinc left behind can be recycled. Okay, first of all, I wonder who will be murdered for being involved in the invention and production of this type of battery. Secondly, while it sounds like a viable replacement, it still doesn't change the fact that the NWO is trying to use electric cars as a way to track, trace, and control their users. Stay tuned. Number three. Ever heard of Nora Vincent? I admit that I had not. She's an author of a book called Self-Made Man, and I stumbled upon a short video from Mentality Book on Instagram. As much as I'm sick of this transgender nonsense, this is not that. Here's a woman who literally pretended and disguised herself to be a man for two years in an effort to understand men better and to, quote, live in their world for research purposes. I just might be reading this book after seeing and hearing this. Laura Vincent, the author of Self-Made Man, has died by assisted suicide. She was a radical feminist who believed men lived on easy mode and tried to prove it by disguising herself as a man for two years. Instead, what she found out is that men actually have it very hard and wrote a book about her experience. The experience was so bad that she had to stop after 18 months because she was starting to hate women due to how bad the women treated her when she believed she was a man. Men are suffering. They have different problems that women have, but they don't have it better. They need our sympathy. They need our love. They need each other more than anything else. They need to be together. Do you think women understand what it's like to be a man? Not at all. No clue. No idea. I really like being me, and I really like being a woman. Did you like being a woman before now? I did, but I like it more now because I think it's more of a privilege. Oh, I, I'm sorry. More of a what? Copy and paste the link for whatever platform you listen on and send it to a fellow pro or an amateur that is doing life wrong. And leave a review. To find me on my soul-sucking social media accounts and my email, go to lusantini.com. Laugh at Amateur Nation on my Drybar special, drybarcomedy.com slash L-O-U-S. Amateur Nation is not just a podcast. It's a movement. Remember, amateurs, you're not at home. Don't do life wrong. Go pro. Don't be an amateur. For Amateur Nation, I'm Lou Santini, and this has been a big major production. Surprise, motherfucker.